Hey, and welcome to Generation Changers Church Podcast. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Barry Smith. Last month was Herstory Month. We talked about the influence of women, not only in society, but on our faith, on the scripture. Well, I am proud to proclaim that June this year at Generation Changers Church is Man Month. Things have come full circle. I notice I go away and I come back and they got all kind of stuff on the stage. My only disappointment is that this Butterfinger machine over here is not full. Because I tell you what, I could eat one of those and preach three hours. Hence the reason they put nothing in it. Now, all month long we're going to be talking about real men. Now, I heard you guys had a pretty good time around here last week. Is that right? Somebody bring a good word while we were gone? That's awesome. It... um. I, they, they share those with me during the week, and I was excited for you guys when I got to read through it and, and, and hear the heart of the Lord and, and, and Pastor Blake's heart for what he was going to be sharing. And uh, I'm sure that that word is still ringing in your hearts today. Well, we're going to start talking about men. And we're not going to take our cues from the Hollywood version, nor are we going to follow the, the uh the narrative of a broken, sinful culture, we're going to talk about real men, the men God intends us to be. Let me say this to the men right up front. During this month, you will not be beat up. You will be built up by the Word of God. And ladies, don't check out on us. You're going to hear some things you need to know. You're going to find out what makes us tick and what makes us sick. You're going to find... (laughs) You're going to find ways right into our hearts, and it's because as important as it is for a man to become all that God desires, it's also important that everyone around him learn to appreciate and embrace that, I believe, with my whole heart. Now, oh, <laughs> the world will tell you that the sum of a man is in his possessions or the number of women he has loved or lost. Some might tell you a real man has a six-pack under his shirt, but most often it's in his fridge. I'm talking about Pepsi-Cola now, understand. This is church we're in. Some will tell you that a man is the collective of his achievements. Some will say real men don't show emotions or real men don't cry. Others will say real men are sensitive and they cry in front of others and so many conflicting voices and we're going to ignore them all. And we're going to look at the Word of God. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how real men are under attack in today's culture, how real men show up when it's important, and how real men finish strong. But today's sermon is one I am probably overqualified to preach. I've had decades of experience, tons of study. This is not hearsay. I can say absolutely positively beyond the shadow of any doubt that real men are human. Okay. Interesting, in Psalm 78, as the psalmist looks at the journey of God's people up until that time, he pointed out how good God had been to them and how many times God had bailed them out and how as many times as God had bailed them out, they had turned their backs and they'd done the wrong thing and they'd messed up all over again. Well, here's what he says in verse 39 of that chapter. He, being God, remembered that they were but flesh a wind that passes and comes not again. In one verse, 
he speaks to the brevity and the frailty of the human experience of those among the human race. Understand, God created one race, and that is the human race. We've done all the other divisions on our own, as we've allowed Satan to, to work in our hearts. But men are part of the human race. Therefore, all men are human. However, there are distinctions about a man and the species being part of the human race. And they're obvious, but we need to take note of them today. And the first one is this. Real men are not women. <laughs> Pastor Mark Gunger, a marriage guru, says, when you ask a woman to describe the ideal man, she'll describe another woman. Think about it. Oh, he's sensitive. Loves to talk about his feelings. He cries with me, and he's always concerned with how others feel. I've never met that man. <laughs> You've just described another woman. Most men aren't like that at all. And in a world that's doing its best to completely eliminate gender, we need to know the truth. Men and women are completely different from one another. John Gray entitled his famous book, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, saying that we're from two entirely different planets. Living for decades in the male experience, I would like to think that sometimes we're from two entirely different universes. We could not be more different in some ways. There are distinct differences. Let's talk just about a few of them. First of all, there are anatomical differences. Now, immediately, one thinks of the difference between male and female reproductive organs when you say that. But did you know that's not the only differences between us? Do you know men's skulls are larger than women's? That's why we tend to be thick-headed sometimes. Male shoulders are higher and wider, while a woman's pelvis is wider. Wonder why that is. There's a difference in the amount of body hair, hopefully. <laughs> Men tend to be more muscular and women tend to be more curvy. It's just science, y'all. I didn't write it, didn't make it up. There's more I could say, but wisdom says, move on, boy, move on. Okay? But there are anatomical differences between us. There are also physiological differences between us. Not only are our bodies different, but the way we function is different from one another. And it begins with the smallest of details. They're called chromosomes. They're found in your DNA. We all get an X chromosome from our mother, and we inherit either an X chromosome or a Y chromosome from our father. If you get an X chromosome from your dad, and an X chromosome from your mom, you are a girl. You see, these little letters present all, these small little letters create big problems. If you receive a Y chromosome from your father, then you are a boy, right? There are two choices. You got a 50-50 chance of getting that right. Now, if you happen to be a girl, while, mo while, while, while male and female have both of these things present in their body, you deal with a predominant hormone called estrogen. It gives to you 
your distinct, hear me now, beautiful female features and helps to sustain them. A fluctuation in estrogen can sometimes affect your mood. Tread lightly, he said to himself. Women tend to be more emotionally engaged than men. As a matter of fact, that's why their, their memories are more trustworthy. Tell you why. When a significant event happens, there's a part of our brain, the left brain, likes to log in the facts and the info. The right side of our brain logs in the emotion of the moment. So when a woman experiences something, she will tie every event to an emotion, and it lodges in both sides of her brain. A man tends to deal with the left side of his brain, dealing only with the facts. So when you have the argument, we've had this conversation before, men, you are dealing with half a brain against a whole brain. Okay? Just don't forget that. That's why women remember everything. If you are a male, you have the distinct honor of battling with a raging hormone called testosterone. It constantly flows through your body doing amazing things. It deepens your voice during puberty. Some people have obviously never gone through that yet. It builds muscle mass. It gives you hair on your face and a from the hair on your head. It builds your libido, your libido. That's why men have a very strong sex drive. It's not that they're pigs. It's that God created them with this hormone in their body that is dominant on the inside. When it gets out of control, it can make us bullheaded and aggressive and can turn our thoughts to unhealthy, destructive patterns. What women often interpret as being emotionally unavailable in a man, listen to me now, is really the physiological ability that God gave to men to detach from their emotions. And we're going to talk about why in just a moment. Both men and women have amounts of both of these in their bodies, but in women, estrogen is predominant, testosterone is predominant in men. I've done my research. I've listened to the professionals. But the anatomical differences and the physiological differences are there for a reason. It's because we have functional differences. God designed each gender for divinely appointed functions. Yes, there are gender-related roles that are God-ordained. See, some of you struggle to swallow that because you've been eating the world's view too much. That should have gotten a big amen right there. But you were worried about what people were going to think because we need to be politically correct. Listen, when you stand before God, you will not be judged on political correctness. You will be judged on scriptural and biblical correctness. Okay? Now back to the sermon. <laughs> Too many times, the simple anatomical and physiological differences between a man and a woman cause stress in a relationship. A man expects a woman to deal as he deals. A woman expects a man to deal as she deals. Let me give you a very common way that manifests. 
When a woman is struggling with something, a man says, quit thinking about it. That's what I do. The more you think about it, the more angry you get. Just quit thinking about it. He's expecting her to do it like he would do it. On the other hand, when a man is struggling with something, the woman says, let's talk about it. And he goes, no, I'm trying to forget about it. But we have these expectations we place on one another for a man to deal with stuff the way a woman does because hers is the right way or for a woman to deal with stuff the way a man does because his is the right way. And the truth is, they're just different from one another. See, we need to appreciate the differences and give grace to the differences that sometimes irritate us so badly. See, we tend to focus on the negative side of our differences and not look at the positives that come from it. Guys, that estrogen that can sometimes get out of balance and drive you a little bit bonkers, hear me, it's a positive thing that helps make your wife a nurturer. You need to appreciate that. She will be more sensitive, and yes, at times she will be more emotional. That's what makes her a wonderful, loving, caring woman. It's a positive thing. Ladies, that testosterone <laughs> that makes him an aggressive driver. See, y'all don't understand that. Y'all don't have that testosterone flowing. Okay, I'm the only one that gets angry when I'm driving in the left lane on the interstate and somebody's doing 10 miles below the speed limit while looking at their dumb phone. Sometimes I try to politely go around them on the right side and just keep going. Sometimes they like to put up a fight and I show them what twin turbos will do. I passed someone the other day because they were doing that very thing. And when I went to go around them, they stepped on it and I stepped on it. My wife said, that was testosterone. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it was. <laughs> that testosterone, let's get back to the sermon, that makes him an aggressive driver and that makes him constantly pursue you for intimate relationships, sex, that's a good thing. Hear me. First, that testosterone will kick in in a crisis and cause him to man up in a way that might be beneficial to you. His ability to detach from emotion that you call emotional unavailability, that's a positive thing too. Because when you're facing a threat, there's an emotion called fear that he has to be able to detach from in order to rise up and do what's necessary so that you're both okay. See, by the way, that testosterone that causes him to pursue you relentlessly for intimate relations, I'm trying to be nice here. The cameras went on. I would just tell you the way I think it. Understand this. It keeps him interested in you and reminds him, be nice to the girl. It's a positive thing that God put within us. A man is not a woman. He is different for a reason. The second thing, and this is a secret we don't want you ladies to know, real men experience insecurities. 
one of our greatest, most notable leaders in all of the scripture, his name was Moses, was called upon by God to do an extraordinary thing. But Moses did not see the greatness that God placed within him. All he could see was the negative. He only saw the reasons he couldn't man up and do what God had called him to do. I mean, God went out of his way to get to him. He met him on the backside of a desert, appeared in a bush that was burning but not being consumed. He extraordinarily exposed himself to Moses in order to get his attention. And God gives him a complete plan of how he's going to send him back to Egypt and rescue all of his Hebrew brothers and sisters from Egyptian slavery. And here's what Moses has to say. Verse 11 of chapter 3 of Exodus who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? See, Moses, like the rest of us, we often feel unworthy. Moses was called back to go to, he was called to go back to Egypt from which he had formerly fled because in a moment of anger, he saw an Egyptian roughly treating one of his Hebrew brothers and he rose up and he killed that man in anger. And now he's going to have to go back to the very place that he had fled because of his wrong. Moses says, they know what I've done. They know where I've been. Who am I to go back and do this thing? Listen, nothing is more a threat to the man that we should be than the man we used to be. If the guilt from the man you used to be grips your life, it will keep you from becoming the man you should be. Here's what I've learned a long time ago. I had to quit running from the man I used to be and start running toward the man I'm destined to be. In other words, I can't let the guilt of my past drive me. I've got to let the hope of my future drive me, and that hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness from somebody? Moses felt unworthy to do anything great for God, and men often feel that way because we know our past. Secondly, sometimes as men, we often care too much what others think. God told Moses to go. I'm committed to going with you, he says. I'm assuring you of success. It's going to happen. And here's what Moses said. Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say the Lord did not appear to you. Real men sometimes get caught up in the trap of worrying too much about what others think of them, especially when God calls us to walk in extraordinary ways in faith. Sometimes it's the closest people around us that cause us the most concern. We know our past. They know our past. How are they ever going to believe? That's what Moses was saying. How are they going to believe that you're calling me, that you've ordained this for me, that you have called me to walk in such an extraordinary act of faith. Listen, we are called to do incredible things as men, but sometimes the past that we've had or the opinions of other people keep us from becoming all that God wants us to become. And many times, if destiny is not destroyed, it is delayed. And if that's not enough to overcome... Men, we tend to focus on our inadequacies. Look at verse 10 of Exodus 4. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Usually, it's not my slow tongue that gets me in trouble. 
It's the velocity with which my mouth can speak without my mind being engaged that causes me issues. Anybody else? But Moses was said, if I'm going to be a good leader, I've got to give good direction, and I can't even speak well, Lord. Hear me. Men still do that. Satan will cause you to focus on all the negatives about yourself, all the inabilities, all the inadequacies to disqualify you in your mind from that to which you have been called. We focus on the negative things about us, and it makes us insecure. Whether it's our emerging dad bod or our receding hairline, it bothers us. You know one of the cruelest things you can say to a man? Are you losing your hair? That's just mean. You never hear us say, are you getting a little thick in the waist? Try that on. See if you won't be signing up for marriage counseling. Men are insecure about their appearance a lot like women are. We just don't want you to know it. That's why we stay macho. That's why we act like we still got it when we can't even find it any longer. (laughs) It's true. Maybe it's our lack of ability in some area. Maybe it's the fact we compare ourselves to other better men or more successful men. We tend to cover up those things with a false sense, hear me, of security that resembles arrogance. And we try to project a man larger than we ourselves think that we are. And we become critical of other people when it's us that we're really struggling with. Now, we did figure out the ball thing, okay? We made it chic. We started making it cool, and you fell for it. And then we learned if we grow just a little bit of hair on our face, it would distract your eyes from the hair that's not on our heads. (laughs) Wish we could do that with all the other insecurities we had. Because, see, we don't want you to see us the way we see ourselves. And, ladies, let me speak to you. Lots of times a man's already struggling with his inadequacies, and your commentary doesn't help. When a man is struggling with something, that's not the time to point out his problem. That's the time to go before God for that man and pray for that man because the same God that works in you can work in that man. Can I get a witness? It doesn't make us feel better. It makes us feel worse, and we move further and further from the goal of becoming the man God wants us to be. Real men face insecurities, and here's a sad one. Real men make mistakes. Did you know sometimes the bad things that we do are not intentional acts we set out to commit against someone else? They're just our struggle popping up. Hear me now. I will admit sometimes as men we struggle with selfishness. It's like we're warming up to sing, me, 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 me. We're thinking about ourselves too much sometimes. Sometimes we do struggle with selfishness. We buy into the cultural narrative of self-satisfaction and of self-expression. And sometimes we need to learn to be more others-focused, guys. It's a good thing for you to learn to focus on other people, not just yourself. But our real struggle is not just selfishness. Our real struggle is with sin. Romans tells us, All have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. All means men too. Do you know the earthly writer of the the majority of the New Testament 
put it so eloquently when he said in Romans 7, he said, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. He literally says, after walking with God for some time, he's now ministering to other people, and he said, I keep finding myself in this cycle. I keep doing the bad things I don't want to do, and I fail to do the good things I want to do. That's from the Apostle Paul, by the way. Understand, real men are human, and real men make mistakes. Real men struggle with sin, and Paul got to the point, he said, who can deliver me from this body of death? Body of death, they say that at some point in their history, sometimes you would be sentenced to a cruel sentence. If you had murdered anyone, they would tie that body of death to you that you had killed until the death in that body corroded your body. And Paul said, it's like carrying around a dead body, the struggle that I've got going on. See, real men, we're human. We face insecurities, we make mistakes, and yes, real men have needs. Oh, here we go. Men have sexual needs. Yes, we do. Ain't gonna deny it. It's testosterone's fault. Don't get mad at us. Get mad at God. He put that in us. But remember, it's the one reason there's a ring on your finger if you happen to be married. He certainly didn't want you to go play golf with him. He just let you do that. <laughs> he wants to be with you. And yes, men have a need for sex, and it doesn't make a man a pig. It makes a man a man. Men have a need for affirmation. Yes, we do. We need you to hurt your arm patting us on the back. Your affirmation goes a long way in our self-esteem. And if all we ever hear from you is the things we do wrong, guess what? Our self-esteem plummets and we start living up to low expectations. But if you want to see something reinforced in a man, then, then give the adulation, give the affirmation to the kind of behavior you need to see repeated. When a man does something good, it does something to him when someone notices but our greatest need is not for sex nor affirmation. Because we're human, we need grace. We're not perfect, and grace gives us the best opportunity to become the best version of ourselves we can possibly be. See, grace, mercy is there to pick us up when we fall. Grace is there to teach us to stand. The goodness of God in our life, based on his love for us, we need that grace. And listen, ladies, sometimes we need that grace from you. I know we need to learn to give it too, but sometimes we need grace from you because we're different from you and we won't always live up to your expectations, but more than we need the grace of those around us, we need the grace of God that empowers us. Because we're human, we need grace. And because we sin, we need forgiveness. Sometimes the things that others take so personally from a man are not even directed at them. The man is in the midst of a struggle for his soul and it manifests in his words or his behavior. Sometimes it's not directed at you at all. I can't tell you how many times I've said in marriage counseling where the man has just done something totally stupid and the woman's blaming herself. 
and she feels it's all directed at her because she's not enough. It has nothing to do with you. A man is in a battle for his eternal existence. And sometimes that struggle will show up in the words he says. That's not intended towards you, but it came from a broken place in him. A man needs grace and a man needs forgiveness. Understand that giving and receiving forgiveness is one of the huge keys in becoming what God wants us all to become. If you'll notice, the scripture says that God reconciled the world to himself when one man hung on a cross. His name is Jesus. That means 2,000 years before I ever committed the first sin, God made the decision to build forgiveness into his relationship plan with me. And I want you to know something. If we'll learn to give and receive forgiveness, it will go a long way in all of us becoming everything God wants us to be. I could use an amen from a friendly face now. Hear me. Do you know it's in the context of forgiveness? I believe in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, 38, somewhere along in there, that Jesus says, Give and it shall be given to you in great measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Do you know what he said in the verse before that? He said, Forgive. So, in the context of forgiveness, he says, Give it and it'll come back like the waves of the ocean into your life. If we'll learn to give one another forgiveness, It'll be easier for us to receive forgiveness. You know why? We'll know what it costs. If you've never forgiven anybody, you don't know what it costs to forgive them. But if you have, then you realize when they do give it, they've overcome a whole lot of stuff to get there. And you need to accept that gift of forgiveness. But now the trick is for all of us, everybody around us, both male and female, are as human as we are. And they can't always give us the grace we need or the forgiveness we so desperately seek. That's why real men need Jesus. When Paul said, who shall deliver me from this corpse I'm carrying around that constantly makes me do the wrong thing, he said, I give thanks to God through Christ Jesus. Who can make a man everything he's supposed to be? Jesus can. And wives, we appreciate your help. And we appreciate your support. But I want you to understand one thing. There's some things you can't do in us. You make and do some things for us that help give us good godly counsel and direction. And we appreciate that, don't we, guys? But understand... When it comes to working in a man, only Jesus can do that. Real men are human. We're not women. We have insecurities. We make mistakes. We have needs. And the greatest need we have is Jesus. Hear me and hear my heart. I want you to receive grace and forgiveness today. I want you to freely receive it. Because when you do, you're set free to become the man God wants you to be. Thanks for joining us today at Generation Changers Church. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. 
GC can now be your home church no matter where you live with GC Church Online. Watch weekly messages wherever you are with family and friends. Join our online family today by texting the word online to 615-488-7151. And let's do life together. If you would like more information, please visit gcchurch.tv. And special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or texting the word GIVE to 615-375-4286 or by going to gcchurch.tv and clicking the GIVE tab. God bless you and we'll see you next week.